From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. And now here's your host, Michael Fries. Thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. Before we dive into today's episode, we'd like to invite you to subscribe to Transport Topics where you can receive exclusive access to our top 100 lists, quarterly magazines, and other news surrounding the trucking industry. To subscribe, visit ttn.ws forward slash TT subscribe. You can also text TT subscribe to 571-622-0001 to become an official member of Transport Topics. That's 571-622-0001. In this episode, we will ask the simple question, how do you become a sustainable trucking business? As part of our Transport Topics Road Signs Workshop, we asked this question from a genuine expert of sustainability. As always with our workshops, we explore many of the industry's pressing issues and provide a process to help you, the listener, find a valuable solution. With a live Q&A, we allow our listeners to engage and walk away with answers and solutions to their business problems. In this episode, we'll give you a review of our latest how-to workshop that focuses on sustainability. This was a really great project to work on, and to get a better understanding of this question, we spoke with Craig Maris, co-founder of Cortex, a telematics company acquired by E-Road back in 2021. Let's take a listen. Welcome to our Road Signs Workshop, where an industry expert shows you how to. I'm your host, Michael Fries, today, and for this workshop, we're going to discuss a term that's often thrown around in the industry and that word is sustainability. For this Road Signs Workshop, how to be a sustainable trucking business. With help from our industry expert, we're going to break down sustainability and how the trucking business can achieve that in a more viable, measurable way. So for this task, we'd like to introduce Craig Maris. He is the Chief Sustainability Officer and the Executive Vice President of Transportation and Cold Chain at E-Road. Craig Maris, he is a, a, a New Zealander. <laughs> he is from New Zealand, hails from the, the great country from, from there. He is the co-founder of Cortex. It's a telematics company that was acquired by E-Road back in 2021. Uh, Craig has been based in the United States since uh, 2006, where he launched the company's North American operations. And he's been instrumental in launching uh, Cortex's in-cab compliance solution back in 2009. You know, as the Chief Sustainability Officer, he leads E-ROAD's external and internal sustainability initiatives. That's working with stakeholders across the, the legal, uh, regulatory, and product development areas. Um, you know, he also has a double degree in marketing and economics from Ortego University, and he is also a graduate from the Harvard Business School of Analytics. Uh, graduating with this distinctions, mind you. So, um, so he's very well versed to, to talk about this today. So, uh, without further ado, welcome to the workshop, Mr. Maris. Thanks, Michael. Very real pleasure to be here. No problem. Glad, glad to have you on. Let's get ready to learn today. Uh, so, um, before we get into that, that, that how to, let's just go. Let's take it from the beginning. And well, first of all, how to be a sustainable trucking business? You know, you're powering America's truck fleets is a matter of economic and national security and, and, and tasked with, with moving transports that's, that's nearly 12 billion tons of freight annually. So that's, that's about 72% of our economy's total tonnage. So that's a, that's a lot. You know, so with that, you know, we, we, with more than 300 billion miles traveled each year, the trucking industry leads on vehicle emissions reductions and environmental sustainability. So over the last three decades, emissions from new trucks have been reduced by more than 98%. That's a, that's, that's a lot. It, it would take about 60 of today's trucks to generate that same level of uh, NOx emissions and suit emissions, you know, coming from a single truck back in 1988. So this is a, a, a very important topic uh, in, in the sense of our, our environment and the, you know, the, the industry that we're in that you know produces so much of these emissions and the efforts to to be more sustainable and to to make the world more green 
for for that matter, you know. And then that's where that's where we talk about uh, uh, sustainability in, in in that context, especially in this industry. And the people for watching right now, they they want to learn how to to build that on scale practically. Just uh, you know, how do we go about that? And before we get into the first steps, um, there'll be pro uh, there'll be three, not probably <laughs> there'll be three ways we'll get into this. You know, we'll, we're going to we're going to learn how to track the emissions profile. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later into this program. Um, that's step one. Step two is going to be the you know the planning and setting goals for your emissions profile. So we're going to know what emissions profile is. We're going to learn how to plan for that and set expectations. And then, of course, step number three, we're going to execute that plan and we're going to continue to track that continuous improvement. I'm sorry, continuous improvement and all that. So we're really going to break this down. So we're going to try to make this as simple and clear as possible. And I think Craig will do a lovely job in that. But Craig, we have some, um, we definitely have some questions in, in that regard before we even start. Like, for instance, uh, uh, Douglas Graves, uh, he, ha he has a question from um, Dunn and um, Bybee Tool and Company. Uh, you know, I'm going to piggyback off of him, and we actually have a slide asking his question. You know, what is sustainability, and why is it important to everyone? Before we get into all of that, let, let's 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 tackle that. So, what is sustainability, Craig? Yeah, it's a very good question. Um, sustainability in the trucking industry really sort of encompasses the practices and strategies aimed at reducing the environmental impact of freight transportation. Um, on one hand, but also ensuring like economic viability and social responsibility. So if I was sort of sort of double click into that a little bit, I, I really sort of see it as like five key elements, right? I, I think first of all, you know, same as environmental sustainability. I mean, just simply put, that's just reducing your carbon footprint. And and I know we could be talking um, a little bit later in this workshop about you know the the elements that we want to consider in mm -hmm. that endeavor. The second one, you know, economic sustainability, you know, for a uh, trucking company to sustain its operation, it's got to be profitable. So, and, that, that's a, and that's a really um, important factor. Um, the, the social sustainability is, is, is really focusing on the human element. Uh, and so that's really uh, encompassing the, the, you know, the fair labor practices, safe working conditions for employees, and, and that's important. The other element to that um, is really the community outreach, uh, supporting local communities. And I feel that the trucking industry does a really good job at that. Mm -hmm. And that is really part of the sustainability definition in my mind. Mm -hmm. And the final two uh, parts I would say to that definition is really around resiliency and adaptability. So what I mean by resiliency is, is basically ensuring that you've got a trucking operation that can actually sustain um, issues where we've got major disruption. And we're going to see a lot more of this in the future. So how do I adapt my operations to have a sustainable business? So that's they, they, these are the key considerations, those, those five factors. Okay. Um, you know, uh, all of those five things, uh, the, 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 the two points that captured me was the uh, the sense of community and resiliency, and that's one thing, especially in this industry. That's uh, you know the re resiliency, you know, has definitely has been shown like during the pandemic and how the, the industry moved forward uh, during that time. And then the sense of community of just gathering around, gathering around a, a particular topic or, uh, or or a particular sense that is very vital to the the trucking industry. And, and one of the one of them being you know having as you as you, as you had mentioned sustainability. Leaving your carbon footprint, uh, you know, and reducing emissions and and making the world around you more green. Um, well, you know, I, I think that's that's a good point to make, especially in in the um, the next uh, next point that we're going to make, which which is getting to getting to that first step of being sustainable, and and that 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 requires tracking your emissions profile. I mean, number one, is that similar to when you say? Uh, you know, establishing your carbon footprint. I mean, is that are, are those two different particular things? Could you could you explain that for us? Yeah, no, they're related. And okay. I'd say that question around the optimal emissions profile. I mean, that's actually quite a complex question to um, to answer, to be honest, because it really 
So many dependencies. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have to look at factors such as the type of fuel, mm -hmm. um, the vehicle type, of course, um, you, the operational practices, the type of load, the business you have. And so I wouldn't say there's like a universal okay. Um, okay. profile saying, hey, this is the CO2. But I think the important point, because I mean, because that will vary by industry, and, right. and that's, that's mm -hmm. pretty obvious. But I think the important point is setting the goal to move towards net zero. And I think that's an important thing. And we'll get, we'll talk a little bit about some yeah. of the tools mm -hmm. to help yeah. that profile. That's really realistically, it, it's, it's a depends. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I just wanted to, you know, have some clarity into that, especially for our listeners who have that particular question. When you, you know, you talk about, you know, establishing a carbon footprint and, you know, just, just the, um, you know, the, Take away the confusion of, of all this, but let's let's kind of get back on track. The the uh, speaking of track, uh, you know, tracking your emissions profile. Now, what does that particularly look like? Um, tracking your profile, well, part of, a big part of tracking your profile is actually measuring um, that footprint. So, and that's mm -hmm. the tools that we uh, I think we'll pick up a little bit later in, in this discussion yep. about you know what are those tools. That will help me understand what my actual footprint is based on the type of operations mm -hmm. I have. But one of the things I think that's critical is actually the benchmarking. Benchmarking is key, and there are really good programs um, such as the Smartway mm -hmm. Transport Partnership, where fleets can actually use benchmark information, kind of profiled to the way their organisations set up, okay. and then that allows to for them to come with practical steps of saying, first of all, I've got to understand, mm -hmm. you know, what is my profile today? How does that compare to other light vehicles? Is it, um, am, I, am I running an economic operation with that? And are there other initiatives that I can use, which we absolutely there is in terms of decarbonisation, um, that uh, lower my footprint, but at the same time, make sure that I'm running a really um, you know, a viable business, and that's the key thing. You have to have those two things in equilibrium, um, mm -hmm. or it, it can you know really affect the viability of business. Mm -hmm. now, now, yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought up vi uh, viability. You know, it's just you know, as you know, you know, one size wouldn't necessarily fit all. You know, uh, the, uh, the the fleet owners and managers who are watching this, you know, they they are all. I mean, the only thing they have in common is they have trucks that 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 that, that transport goods and services. I mean, but on the other end, there's so many um, nuances involved in that. So, um, how uh, how can um, a, a person establish a, a profile that that will be viable to? I mean, is it just in the sense of you know, you're saying you know how many pounds of CO2 should be emitted each year? Um, you know, per vehicle, per fleet. I mean, it's just, I mean, or, or, or those, and, and taking inventory on uh, equipment, are those some of the, the factors that fleet owners and managers need to, 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 to take into effect when, when they're establishing a profile? Yeah, they, they do. So, I mean, I, I think, I mean, there's great telematic tools. Um, E-Road provides, you know, insights to a fleet's operation team. Okay. And, and that's literally saying, what is my, um, my, 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 um, fuel emissions and my intensity. All right, so we have a number of reports as well as other providers within the telematics that actually give me those insights. So if I compare, make, age, model, um, the you know the routing configuration of that vehicle, how does it stand today? How does it compare versus other vehicles either within the fleet? And now there's reports around comparison. You know, comparing like for like outside of your fleet, am I competitive? Um, with that profile, what insights do I get there? What decisions should I be making about how I could improve that? And a big part of it does flow into things like driver behavior um, and aerodynamic factors and, and, and so on. So, yeah, you've got to get the data. It's all about getting access to that information. Um, and fortunately, you know, we can do that today. It's just a matter of unlocking the value of that data. Hey, trucking pros, are you ready to lead the charge in sustainability? Join us for the exclusive Road Signs Workshop on becoming a greener, more sustainable fleet. Michael Fries is joined by Craig Maris, Chief Sustainability Officer at E-Road, to discuss the latest industry trends, insights, and cutting-edge tech to reduce your carbon footprint. 
Watch the full video replay now at roadsigns.ttnews.com and let's pave the road to a sustainable tomorrow. You know, and, and then of course, like you're definitely speaking about that viability in the sense of, you know, uh, you know, what type of alternative fuel should I invest in? I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not a particular question that can be asked right now. Like you said, you know, every one size doesn't fit all when it comes to be becoming a sustainable fleet. So, um, yeah, I mean, in your opinion, uh, you know, just in investing in alternative fuels, you know, what what route should a fleet manager consider first? I mean, I mean, is, I mean. Is there a particular correct answer to that? Well, again, it's funny, it depends, right? So I think, what type of routes are you running? Are oh. you doing local, are you doing regional, are you doing over the road? And so if you, if you start with saying, hey, I'm doing lo local um, uh, deliveries, mm -hmm. uh, thinking through the profile of that, they could be really good candidates for EVs, mm -hmm. um, whereby, um, you know, range is not such a factor, okay. but, um, you know, whereas, Oh, you know, a class eight over the road range is a big factor, right? So, and we're seeing different technology um, evolve and evolve pretty quickly, um, especially hydrogen on on uh, on longer routes. Mm -hmm. um, and the fleet's now starting to sorry, there's OEMs that's starting to get up to about five hundred miles in range, mm -hmm. as well as you know, fill in twenty minutes. That's quite different to what it was probably three or four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, so those local those local fleets, EV, and they're, they're generally going to be lighter vehicles. Okay. So you're going to sort of see step vans, the drayage, hustlers. You know, they are really good candidates um, for conversion. Mm -hmm. And so doing the calculus on that is super important, okay. right? So if I can do that versus other fleets, and we'll talk a little bit later, I know, about, well, how do you actually get that data? you've got to really you need to be able to do the analysis you've got to simulate almost what um what that would look like okay oh yeah not a problem and we will get to that 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 uh, you 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 are referring to step two um but yeah but as you see in the, in the chart you know the the light duty vehicles you know 58 percent uh, uh you know um of, of emissions by source uh from from 2021 you know and uh yeah as you had stated you know just sort of the the candidates for for ev conversion Natural, I mean, the uh, alternative fuel conversion. That's you know the light duty uh, vehicles that you were talking about you know, with, uh, with uh, you know last mile delivery and such. You know, and and, and, um, and fleets have been doing that. The, the, the bigger fleets have definitely been doing that. You know, with UPS that comes to mind mm -hmm. um, with um, the work that they have done with EVs in the the metro areas for the last uh, uh, I say I think ten plus years. So um, you are definitely onto something, Craig. Um, but but yes, let's get to step two. We we have that emissions profile. We we've we've done our research and and knowing what our emissions profile looks like. We looked at the variables of uh, of, of within of, of how uh, we can go forth with that. But but it's all about the planning and the setting the expectations and those goals for your emissions profile. And let's um, you know. It, it's it's all about you know the the why of that you know of, of having an emissions profile why what why is that important Craig? Um, again, I mean you've got to have a, a solid starting point to make like pretty expensive decisions, right? To convert to an EV or hydrogen vehicle is not cheap. Now, fortunately, a lot of grants out there, but you need to research those. Also, there's planning permits that need to um, be put in place. But if you don't understand where you are today, it's really hard to uh, simulate or forecast what you need for the future. And the thing is, if you if 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 you're not if you're not looking at this closely, then your competitors are, I believe. And mm -hmm. so I think if you if you establishing your baseline, if mm -hmm. you will, mm -hmm. and the and having people within the organisation that are looking at this really closely about what can we do today to reduce my carbon footprint there is many things that we can do today that uh, within your operations without even investing in evs right or hydrogen or some alternative um, renewable fuel and so dialing in on that okay. is super critical and i can talk through some examples of that um, at some point or or now if you like Oh yeah, yes. Uh, well, examples are always welcomed here. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I just I definitely wanted to kind of add on. Well, I mean, just sort of uh, 
I guess not add on, but just kind of follow up from um, what you were just saying, you know, and and with with business, there's a lot of risk involved. I mean, just going into business, that is a, a risk in itself. But but what we're talking about here, you know, is just sort of the, you know identifying the risk of of the investment. Like you said, you know, is it even viable to get into EVs or to alternatives or or just um, you know reducing the emissions of the uh, of the um, the fuels that you have right now of the di of the diesel that that's in right now? I mean, there there's there's certain uh, particular dynamics that the, the fleet operators are listening right now are, 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 are wondering. And I know, you know, in our conversations before, Craig, you, you had mentioned sort of uh, this being tra uh, transitional, like, you know, it's a, you know, this is a, a transitional operation when it comes to uh, um, building your, your, your profile and, 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 and setting those goals to, to make sure that, you know, the, the, the goals are met and your, your targets are met. Could you could kind of, Give me the. Uh, I mean, give us an understanding of why this is a, a trans, a transitional operation, uh, and just sort of you know give some examples in in in, in your answer as well. Yeah, well, part of it I'd sort of say it's transitional, Michael's because these regulations out there today, like um, the scene coming out of California, other markets that we operate, mm -hmm. also uh, uh, introducing regulations. So this thing's this thing's coming, and they're doing it for you know for important reasons, obviously because we've got a challenge around um, you know the um, the global warming and the impact it's having on the overall environment and the impact on on um, on uh, you know on people and and economies around the world. All right, so the the so when we think through that transition, so okay, that's re, that's a reality today. So there's obviously research that has to go into. So okay, what does this mean for my operation? But sort of coming back a little bit, it's like saying, if I, what are the things I can control today? So right. I'm looking at look at my fuel um, profile. I, what drives that? Drivers have a huge impact in in um, in performance. So mm -hmm. are there things that I can do today with regard to driver behaviour? Yes. To significantly improve. Absolutely, there is, and a lot of fleets are, are, are doing that today. But there's probably more things that can be done, um, especially using. Machine learning and getting more insights into, um, you know, more predictive um, outcomes. Uh, so that's one thing. The other thing too is around route planning. Okay. Route planning. So ensuring that we've got a, you know, the transportation um, TMS is actually tailored tightly to your operations. And not only that, but forecasting for how's my business going to change in five years, in ten years. So what are your op plans that you're thinking today, and where you're spending capital? Um, and also conversations with your your shippers and your receivers that you know what because it's going to impact them as well. So regulation is going to be driving it, but the reality is it's commercial out good positive commercial outcomes. So the TMS is a, a really important one. Right? There's a lot we can do now with uh, again with machine learning where I can optimize my fleet, look at traffic patterns, look at my the 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 load configuration, and then the reality is. EVs are heavier, right? So it means my payload profile is going to be different. So what does that mean? It means I really have to think about simulating what is what is and, and all thinking through the charging network as well. So how do I how do I tailor my business to still do um, fulfill my service level agreements with my shippers and my receivers, as as well as ensuring that I am running economically. And the other factor to this is. Um, permits take a long time, a long, 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 long time, and understanding that process requires expertise, right? So, who in the organisation is talking to the right authority to understand all that? And the final thing I just say is that flow, that profile of the aerodynamics. What can I do on my fleet today where I can improve, or, you know, reduce the friction, for example, on trailers, the biggest part of the asset that probably uh, generates the most amount of friction. It's things like side skirts, or um, you know, things like fairings on 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 tractors, um, covers on wheels. Yes. Do you have that today? And if not, why not? Because they 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 can save a tremendous amount in fuel, not only on costs, but also of course your emission. Yeah, and um, I'm glad you brought that up because one of our one of our listeners has a particular question about aerodynamics. And, and um, you know, you're speaking of trailer aerodynamics. But JT Kirtley, um, you know, he, you know, he is, um, 
asking just how important is aerodynamics and sustainability? Um, and and, and uh, piggybacking on that question, Craig, um, is that is that a, a way that a, a manager could could immediately make an impact on that emissions profile versus you know buying a you know hydrogen power truck or an EV? I know. Yeah, absolutely. I know which one's going to be cheaper. Um, and you know, the, I think the important thing is, yeah, it is, and that and that's reality. So, um, a lot of these are aftermarket, um, you know, retros, which are, um, which should be really important to consider. Mm. And again, it comes down to what does your delivery profile look like? How what do your routes look like? So, um, and I would argue, I have a strong hypothesis that. By introducing factors around aerodynamics, as I said, side skirts, fairings, um, wheel, wheel covers, and so on, mm -hmm. uh, it's huge. But the same things as I mentioned before on driver behavior, like training, training, training. Um, there are, you know, Smith um, is a, a program that helps manage the driver behavior. You, mm -hmm. you get that if you just start with that, as well as elements on aerodynamics. You probably are, you could be arguing you're looking at between 25 and 30 percent savings okay. in operational costs. Not even thinking about what you can do on maintenance. Mm, yes, yeah, the, the, definitely. You know that is the um, sort of underlying thing thing of all this. And when we were talking about uh, you know making a you know basically making a cleaner truck, uh, you know there's definitely the preventive uh, maintenance side of things, um, and you know just opposed with the driver practices that you have, uh, you know, um, just described. You know, let's let's get in. Um, let, let's kind of get into the the driver practices. Let's kind of uh, dig deep into that. And you know, the, the most important thing I would imagine is optimizing fuel mileage. I mean, there, there's there's I, I think that's the, the the main goal in that. I mean, is, is there a particular program or best practices while when when teaching your drivers these these new way new ways of driving? You know, because of uh, you know, like um, in some cases, you know, saving 10.5% on miles per gallon can can save over you know eight million dollars for some companies. You know, so you, where where can that um, be um, most viable when it comes to training drivers? Well, there are there are sort of professional third party services that pr provide driver training, um, mm -hmm. which are extremely good and well well established. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing too is um, we're seeing a lot more instant driver feedback, and that's critical. So, with the advancement of um, forward and driver facing camera technology, uh, utilizing machine vision, mm -hmm. um, that you know serves multiple purposes. A big part of it is is centered on safety, but the now other element is if you're combining information from the engine management system. So you're picking up things around. You, you are picking up data on MPGs, pedal positions, speeding. If you've got the posted speed limit as well, as well as you've got other elements of things like road signs and and stop signs and things like that, that feedback, all that data, can provide really important feedback for the driver. And so whether you introduce a driver scoring system, I think what's really important to be effective in that is you've got to have instant feedback and it's got to be a positive experience. And I think that the influence you can have on driver by focusing on the driver, driving ideally in the what I call the green zone, okay. you can be looking at 25% savings okay. or, or more, but not only just fuel savings, but of course it flows through to lower maintenance costs. And that's, and that's very real. So I think, um, you know, so the great thing is that tech is here today. Okay. It's getting better and better and better. Uh, it's also getting cheaper to deploy uh, with the changes and improvements in the chipsets right at the edge. So I'm talking, when I talk at the edge, I'm talking about actually inside the cab. Okay. So that, that compute is all happening to, with the driver. Okay. And I, I, I believe that companies like ourselves and some of our, our um, competitors and partners are really focusing on this. And it's the lens, looking through a lens of safety, of course, number one. Oh, yeah. Two is around around reducing emissions, reducing maintenance costs. They all flow together. And and this technology now is really helping. Um, along with, as I said, the you know, professional third party uh, programs um, that help these you know our trucking community today.
Hey, Road Signs listeners, it's your man, Mike Freeze, here to tell you that the call-in lines are open. What does that mean, you may ask? Isn't this a podcast, not a radio show? You're correct. Well, we found a new way that you can call in and leave myself or my co-host, Seth Clevenger, a message. Leave us a message on new topics you'd like to hear more about or ask questions you may have about the trucking industry. Give us a ring at ttn.ws forward slash speak pipe. You know, that's that's one of the things, um, definitely when it comes to uh, you know, achieving sustainability in, in that sense, you know, it's, it's um, you know, definitely a selling point to that, that it's going to make every aspect of a trucking operation better in the long run. Definitely when it comes to, you know, dispersing emissions and the maintenance costs and driver retention, which are all huge problems in the, the trucking industry uh, that, that, you know, many insiders and leaders are, are trying to figure all of this out. And, and, and in that sense, you know, even in this workshop, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping some of the listeners are not getting uh, paralysis by analysis, just kind of thinking of, of how to plot all of this. You know, we, we, we discussed uh, step one, you know, where we are basically when it comes to fleets, you're, you're managing where you are in the realm of sustainability. And step two is, you know, once you have that profile, you know, setting those standards and, and meeting those targets as a as a fleet operation to 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 make that happen. It's definitely in lieu of the the carb regulations that are coming out, efforts to make um, uh, the, the the industry net zero by you know, 2050 in some cases. You know, so there's definitely you know the 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 roadmap which you had just explained very thoroughly, Craig. Um, but but in that getting that analysis by uh, that paralysis by analysis and having all that data now since you ha we have this profile uh, we can go on to, to step three and executing that plan and and you know adjusting it and, and continuing to track the progress of that emissions uh, of that emissions um, when we get into this before we get into this. You know what are some of the the, the, the first steps within that within that third step in executing and continuing the track? You know we have this all we have all this information. Um, you know how can we you know put put this to good use? Yep. Yeah, I call that all that information. I call that dark data. So there's a lot of data where it's not being used and it sits mm -hmm. right. It's, you know, but it is actually accessible. Um, what I can do is I can give an example of what we've done for our from our customers is uh -huh. um, and what we what we've built is uh, for all intents and purposes really important insights and so we have um, created what we call a, a decarb tool uh, which is really made up of uh, fundamentally you you know AI benchmarking so we've tried to help fleets. Um, Get actionable insights, but and compare them to other fleets, obviously in a uh, you know in a nominalized way. Um, so really, there's there's really five parts to this. The first part is sort of that executive overview, right? So I want to understand what is my sustainability footprint, if you will. Okay. Um, and this is going to be really important because fleets are going to at some point in the future. Um, regulation will require them to report on their footprint, okay? And they want to do that in a scalable way. I see companies like ourselves as in playing a really important role in getting that information because part of it's the process. How do I get it? Uh, is it uh, information that can be verified and so on? So that overview is, is critically important. So how am I going in terms of performance? The other part is really just my emissions overview. So that's displaying the CO2 emissions, um, intensity from your, you know, the ice vehicles, mm -hmm. um, and benchmarks against similar fleets. So what we've done is we've used um, what they call clustering, or K means clustering, uh, which really is takes fleets that are, or vehicles that have this very similar profile to how you operate, and on benchmarking against that. And that that's really, really important to get, to get that benchmark, mm -hmm. um, which is sort of something we said at the beginning. The other one is really around performance, unproductive idling. Okay. okay. And there's a lot of those reports here today. 
but this is looking at through a slightly different lens. Mm -hmm. um, we need fuel in energy economy is, is really, again, it's another metric of fuel, again, centered on my CO2 emissions, along with um, consumption, uh, distance travel, trending information. Mm -hmm. And the final part is probably one of the most important. It's around replacement suitability, okay? And mm -hmm. this, this, uh, suitability is saying which vehicles would pro do profile today as being good candidates for like EVs or potentially okay. even hydrogen or even some other alternative CNG, LNG mixed, um, you know, somewhere that, in that transition phase. Mm -hmm. And so that replaceability. So these are the tools. These are really important execution tools mm -hmm. that I can use um, to help me, you know, in this, uh, you know, basically take the, you know, benchmarking information, informed decisions, see my profile, implement programs that influence it, mm -hmm. track it, and then, and then, you know, and, and, you know, and then rinse and repeat. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, and, you know, th this being, you know, you being with E-Road, <laughs> um, you know that, that you know they also they provide the service uh you know closely uh, closely you know tracking you know uh, fuel usage you know and idle times that you were just mentioning um you know and, and really gathering you know critical engine data that, that that helps in reducing cost and and as you said you know the carbon footprint and you know th those um you know how how have um your customers um how have your customers used that particular data uh, to to for, for maximum optimization, I uh, just kind of I'll give you a chance to, to toot your own horn in, in this case. Yeah, well, I, look, to be honest, this, um, you know we've had we've had a lot of this data reporting data in the past, like for example, fuel um, information, safety data, and, and things like that. But I think in reality, we didn't really have it packaged as well as we could, okay. and so what this has really done for us, is it was particularly looking through the lens of sustainability, is we're now trying to become, think of this way more practically. So that's one thing. You know, how can I use the information I have out of my fleet today to make really important operational decisions? Um, and, you know, and all this is, uh, again, a viable business, managing my cash flow, um, ensuring that I've got, I'm, I'm um, retaining my driver, all these are so many factors to, to manage. But this one is, is is a big one. So taking the information we have today and repackaging it as we've done with this new sustainability module, um, what we actually did, and we're fortunate because, and coming from New Zealand, which is a, a fun fact in New Zealand, is that eighty percent of New Zealand's um, power generation is already renewable, eighty percent. So they've got fifteen percent to, uh, oh, sorry, twenty percent to go to have a hundred percent renewable. It's also a market that we use as a proving ground. Um, and so what I mean by that is uh, it's, it's producing things like what we did with our sustainability um, modules and getting quick feedback and iterating, iterating, and bring that to other markets here like in North America. And it's really interesting because the profiles are much the same. It's just on a smaller scale in New Zealand. And so uh, and our customers there and also here have a, a really trying to um, you know harness this information make insightful decisions and this the, the one thing i'm also learning michael is this, this is not done um just you know by you know singly in our company it's actually building a proper ecosystem so it's working right upstream and downstream so it's work, we have to work closely with the utilities uh, the people who are doing the power um, uh, you know, generation, transmission, and distribution, or the infrastructure that has to is, that's going to be built. Um, we've got to work closely with those folks and pull information from them. Do integrations, um, and all these important insights are. Re we're really, I believe, even though we've been going around for a while, we're only at the beginning, yes. as well as a lot of our customers are in this journey, mm -hmm. and it's really important transition. You know, um, you know, one of the things, uh, you know, uh, just to kind of round out the, the step three, because there's so many, I mean, we can probably talk about this for several hours. So, um, you know, but, but one of the things, especially with uh, our, our, our listeners, uh, they, they had asked the question concerning roadblocks when it comes to innovation. And I, I want to piggyback on that as well. When, um, you know, most of the listeners here, 
they probably don't have a hydrogen fueled <laughs> engine truck. They, they, they probably don't have an EV, but what they do have is an old diesel. <laughs> and and um, if you could um, just in, in the sense of explaining, you know, any roadblocks ahead when it when it comes to uh, obtaining sustainability, but also what uh, you know, why does extending the life of the existing vehicle, what makes that more sustainable? I mean, what what um, what things can be done for for fleets that are in that position right now with the vehicles that they have now? That's something we probably didn't, didn't talk about too much, but um, could you kind of talk about the roadblocks in that particular context? Sure. Um... Yeah, well, I, let, let me sort of just uh, touch on what you can do with your existing vehicles. There's a lot. Um, I think the and the reality is, um, if you think of the life cycle of a, a, a tractor or a refrigerator trailer or some, you know, getting them, trying to optimize the operation of the vehicle so it, it can go as, as far as it can. Um, and then at some point, it's going to be more economically viable to look in a, 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 you know, into an alternative. Part of the challenge, which is the second part of the question, is having the right data to help mm. make insightful decisions. So I would sort of say one of the roadblockers, and I think this will be solved with technology, mm -hmm. is actually trying to introduce simulations. Right, so what I mean by that is so you imagine you've got your operation and I'm now I'm spinning up a digital twin of that operation. And now what I'm going to do is I'm now going to seed into that different vehicle types, right, based on my, you know, how I do my um, uh, routes today. So I think that is a blocker today because it's, again, I, you don't necessarily have those insights, mm -hmm. but I think we can solve that, right, quite easily. Um, and companies like Microsoft, Google, AWS, they are so leaning into this and uh, can provide tremendous support. We certainly are using, working very closely with them as well. Uh, so that's, that, that's one thing. I think the other thing is, is just understanding what is going to be needed from an infrastructure perspective. So mm -hmm. again, what I have to do potentially behind the fence where my charging corridors, what type of charges should I look, should be looking at, or using third parties. So what does that mean? And again, the and also integrating that information into your systems. So understanding what the state of charge is, understanding that or what should be my charging optimization profile for my fleet. It doesn't have to necessarily be 100%, right? It, it can be potentially say 75, 80%, depending on the distance and the type of routes you're doing. And so, under, you know, so automating that, and there will be the charging networks are getting way more smarter. Mm -hmm. uh, companies like ours have to integrate with that. Customers need to understand what can they do from a software perspective that influences the hardware in the infrastructure that makes my operation run better, right? So there's, that's a bit of a roadblock today. It is getting solved, um, which is great. Um, I think that the other... Um, Part, I think technologically there's a bit of a roadblock is really range, right? So we've seen, so that's about the chemistry of the batteries. It's about looking at hydrogen. Is it a source that's coming from green, a green source, or is it called it brown um, or gray source, uh, which is more fossil fuel? And so the, the good news is the there's so much R&D, billions and billions of dollars being spent on this by really smart um, engineers and, and scientists. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing this come out, you know, and play out. We're seeing the range increase dramatically. And I, and I would say, and I would argue by, certainly by 2030, certainly by 2035, mm -hmm. the costs will come down, the range will go up. And so, but big part of the blocker was if I don't understand if I'm not actually doing the research or having somebody in my organization focus in on this mm -hmm. or a function in the organization focus in on this, you're going to be left behind. You're going to get to a point where the economics are going to switch the other way quite quickly. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly I'm not running a very competitive business or the regulations change and you're way behind and you're way behind the permitting process or your shippers are going to say, I'm sorry, 
you're, you're, you've got to report your, your emissions and you're not hitting up the threshold we, we expect. And, and, and the reason why they're doing that is because they're stakeholders, right? They're, you know, in a lot of cases, they're coming out publicly where they, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, um, you know, businesses are trying to be net zero by, say, 2040. Yep. So, yeah, a lot going on. So that, they're probably the big bloggers. But having said that, you know, existing vehicles, you know, it costs footprint, costs CO2 emissions to produce vehicles. So if you can, you also got to recycle it. You got to get rid of it, right? That's wastage. So there are there are the economics are there. If you can get the most amount out of your vehicles, you know that's thumbs up to you. That's fantastic. Hey, trucking pros, are you ready to lead the charge in sustainability? Join us for the exclusive Road Signs Workshop on becoming a greener, more sustainable fleet. Michael Fries is joined by Craig Maris, Chief Sustainability Officer at E-Road, to discuss the latest industry trends, insights, and cutting-edge tech to reduce your carbon footprint. Watch the full video replay now at roadsigns.ttnews.com, and let's pave the road to a sustainable tomorrow. What you said about just the 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 reductions of the reduction of cost and the, the increase in innovation when it comes to technology. Craig, I think when we get to that particular point, I think the floodgates will be open and, and the the world of alternative fuels and EVs, I think will be closer to critical mass when we get to that point. You know, that's uh, that's definitely, uh, that'll definitely probably be an inflection point for sure <laughs> that, that, we'll, that historians will talk about for, for, for some time right now. Um, so we, we, we got through with, with, with step three. Um, we, we, we covered, you know, step one, which is establishing that profile. Step two is, um, you know, playing the benchmarks for that. And step three is the basic execution and the, the tracking of that continuous improvement, which you were just explaining and just some of the challenges that, that are ahead in, in that regard. Um, right now, we would like to open it up for any audience questions. Um, if you if you have any, um, if if you are too shy to ask a question, you feel free to um, reach uh, Kay Zimmerman at ttnews.com. Um, we'll we'll respond to those uh, questions as as soon as we get them. But as for right now, do we have any um, audience questions? Let's see here. But so far, we are, are are blank right now. So I think Craig, you thoroughly explained uh, sustainability and how to reach down scale with our with, with, with our audience. Um, but I do have a question. Um, with, with with the information that we just had, I mean, that you just gave us, which is uh, you know very important and viable for uh, the, the 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 many listeners here who are who are handling this particular these particular situations in the industry. Um, where can where can one go for, um, you know, to, to learn more? I mean, there's, you know, uh, there's, there's shows from the Technology Maintenance Council, which touches upon sustainability on the maintenance side. And, and you know, there, there's a lot of discussion on the, you know, the, the, the C-suite level when it comes to the management uh, conference and exposition, uh, the MCNE from the American Trucking Associations. But there's also the, uh, the advanced clean truck mm-hmm exposition and i know that you've been there and, and um and that really hits the uh the nail on the head when it comes to sustainability when when we're talking about alternative fuels um you know what other shows or or the shows i just mentioned um that that you get value from that 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 our listeners could go to 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 get, get even even more information about this particular topic yeah, I think that the ACT is, I think, a must. I mean, I, I went to it last year. It's the first time I'd been there. And I recall someone told me, said, like, I think it was about 15,000 people last year. Oh, sorry, this year. And then the year before was about um, 13,000. The year before was five. So it's it's going up. Yeah, and now cool. it's been moved from California to Las Vegas. It's getting that big. The thing that I picked up from there is the amount of tech that's out there and how fast this is moving. There's new businesses popping up all over the place. The thing that I, and and a number of those businesses may not necessarily be viable, right? But a lot are. And so, but they're not the same companies that you're used to seeing. These are new players coming into into this industry. A lot of them are software-led customers, mm-hmm. uh, companies, I should say. But I think the, the important part is you've got 
everyone through the value chain, right from the beginning to the end. And, and so from the from the utilities right down to the charging infrastructure down to other companies like ourselves that are help, trying to help our customers from a telematics and compliance perspective. You've got it all. Really insightful speakers. So I would say absolutely, I think it's May next year in Las Vegas, absolutely should be going to that. I think the other thing too is there's a lot of great information at EPA, a lot of um, the Smartway program, um, I, I believe, uh, with the expertise, can offer a tremendous amount um, in in terms of you know helping with benchmarking, um, and you know so they're probably a couple of good examples. Uh, the other thing I would also say is the utilities mm -hmm. companies helping with the infrastructure. They are um, not they're not all the same. Some are better than others, I would say, um, but certainly they have tremendous resources for um, for carriers and shippers to. Uh, to get gain information, gain insights, understand what the process is, what funding can I get, what grants are available, um, and there's a lot of money um, that there is available. But how do you get access to that, um, and and so on? So that that probably um, you know that's I would certainly be doing. You can do that today. Okay, but well, we do have some questions. I, I I was looking into the chat, but there was a Q and A. So I do apologize for the people asking questions. Um, our first question from Marlo Hyant. Uh, Marlo is asking, when shippers and brokers are looking to use carriers who have a high sustainability score, what tools can they use to make these selections? Yeah, it's a really, it's a really good question. I actually believe some of these tools are yet to be created. We're tr certainly trying to, to build these, these tools. Um, and big part of it is understanding, improving what your mission profile is, right? They're going to want to know. And, and one fleet over, uh, sorry, one um carrier over another performing similar services that actually have the ability to report it and not only that but it becomes a critical part of your um the you know your the value you're trying to bring to the table around you know reduce trying to you know be a um you know reducing your footprint in a sustainable way as well and also those five things i mentioned at the beginning around what sustainability is i think that's going to be super important Right, so I still think I believe we're still at the infancy of that, right? And it's we're going to have to do, we're going to have to do it for regulation, right? For reporting for regulations, we certainly have to do that in other countries. The SEC is seriously looking at companies over a certain um, value that will have to start reporting their climate risks uh, as related to the operations, both physical and transitional, as well as their um, financial risks as a result of climate change. Okay. So they're going, to need, they're going to need the data. Data is going to be critical. Most definitely. You know, it, it seems that any issue, especially when you're talking about technology and you're talking about uh, you know, the uh, sustainability, of course, you know, you're, it's always about the data. And, and that, that seems to be the, the, the magic bullet that, 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 that not often shoots straight when it comes to, it comes to data, because it's often the, the, the beauty of the, of the beholder when, when it comes to that, because the data can tell you certainly what you want to hear, but you know, there, there's, there's a, it's a, I will say maybe a, a cumbersome and, and time consuming process of, of learning what that is, is, is good and what that is not so viable. So, I mean, it's definitely a, 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 a definitely a task at hand. Um, Marlo has another question. Um, when shippers ask fleets to report their emissions, what do what all do you expect for them to ask within those reports? One well, I, will I, be I actually, think... yeah, one of them will be actually the the size of the emissions and the intensity mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. over time. I think will be one, and also probably by class of vehicle. Um, mm -hmm. I think the other thing will be um, there will be questions around the the risk profile. In other words. Have you identified risks? I'm talking physical risks. That's when mm -hmm. a, a large climatic event happens. How you get up to manage that? How have you adapted your operations to ensure you've got resiliency around that? And it's not easy, but you've got to identify what those risks are. So what was the process you've gone through and proven to me that you've thought about this and you have mitigation plans in place? Um, so, so that, I think, um, 
understanding the physical, and then there'll be elements of that transitional risk over time. Mm -hmm. So it's whether it be regulations are coming into in place, and then there's a point of enforcement, then proving that you are within the um, the you know the bounds, the legal bounds of those regulations, uh, will be super important. And so it'll be. What is the process you've gone through to get that information? What is the source of that data? A lot of the source, fortunately, now we can get right from the ECM or from the engine management from the vehicle or the state of charge in an EV. Or um, so really coming from the the vehicle itself at the edge, that, which is awesome, right? Um, so that's a it's a good start. But then there'll be other elements of your footprint about your warehouse and your other operations uh, to support your business. And they're getting into points where they call scope one, scope two, scope three. Scope one is your your direct emissions, reporting on that. And then the other ones really are your indirect, what they call upstream and downstream. And so uh, of your operations. And and I, I trust me, we're going through this process right now because we're an e because we're publicly traded and we have to do this because we're a dual listed company. Mm -hmm. We're having to write, work through our risk profile under three different climatic um, uh, situations, a 1.5 degree increase, a 3.5, which is the other end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, and 1.5 is obviously aligned to the Paris Climate Accord and then something in between. And so, um, and, and you know, as we're going through, what are those risks? Where do we get the data? How do we prove that data is credible? Um, auditing through third parties, it's a lot. And, and, and trust me, it takes money as well. Um, so this is a big deal. This is a really big deal. Budgets will have to be set aside for reporting on climate change. You know, Craig, you know, this is, uh, this is very help, helpful information for our listeners. Um, it's nice to, you know, when, when we have one of these, when we have a road shop and everyone's, um, hanging on every word, I'm, I'm looking at the attendees list and, you know, not too many people are dropping off. So it's always a good sign. Um, but one of the things that, that, uh, at, you know, doing the, the time that we have right now, you know, it's um, you know, we're we're done with the with the questions. But I, but Craig, I definitely would love to invite you in 2024 to a future episode of Road Signs, so we can continue this conversation about sustainability. Um, you know, this is great information, and I want to pick your brain on some other aspects of sustainability that I think we can we can cover very nicely in in our in our future episodes. So we we'll love we would love to have you on. Well, really appreciate the opportunity to, to come on. As I said, I, I think you know sustainability touches every part of the organization and 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 your and your stakeholders, both internally and externally. So it, it's not just around about climate change, it's, it's a lot more than that. That's what I've learned. Yes. Um, and especially in this new role. Uh, it's mm -hmm. just the beginning. It really is. It's it's fascinating. Um it's a big problem to solve as well. Yes, yes. And there's lots of lots of tentacles. Of concern oh, when it comes to that, that is true. That is true. That, that is true. Pleasure being on. Thank you for the opportunity. I'd love to come back anytime. No, no problem. Uh, we we've been speaking with Craig Maris. Thank you very much for this special road signs workshop: how to be a sustainable trucking fleet. Thank you, Craig, for being on. My pleasure. Did you know you can ask Alexa to open transport topics? In just one minute, you will hear the biggest trucking headlines of that day. Be prepared and start your morning off right with transport topics. Before we close, let's take a moment to revisit the previous question in our conversation with Craig Maris, how to become a sustainable trucking business. As with the road signs workshops, it's a simple question with an array of complex answers that go in several directions. As Craig noted, the path of sustainability should be carefully calculated from start to finish. Every fleet is different. There is not a one-size-fit-all solution when it comes to going green. With the carb regulations for California starting in January, the race for sustainability is moving into high gear. Maris noted that the first step is to establish where your fleet is at when it comes to emissions. Second, managers should plan and tweak its sustainability path. And the third step, quite frankly, is to execute. It's a brave new world out there, and sustainability is becoming the new normal for a greener industry. If you enjoyed this episode of Road Signs, 
please let others know. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to reach out to the Road Signs team on X at TT Road Signs or reach me at Michael V. Freeze. You can email us at share at ttnews.com. We'll read them and respond daily. And also, let us know how we're doing by texting TT Survey to 571 622 0001. And of course, we'll be back soon with a new episode of Road Signs. Until then, I'm Michael Freeze. Thank you for listening.